Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Trademark, on-brand, typical L.A. Kings type game right there. I, I, I want to be like you want to be so frustrated with how the defense performed, and I mean, I, not just the defense, but all the, the whole team defensively performed. You you just want to be uh, just like like hand wringing, just like. Damn it! Like, what is going on? Like, this is like this is not the team. I mean, actually, the game against Detroit. I'll, I'll say, I, I thought they actually played pretty bad. If it wasn't for how bad Nedeljkovic was, they should have lost that game. And of course, like the first period and the first, like, what is going on? Like, it's the Calgary Flames. They can't score to save their lives. It's Daryl Sutter hockey, and we give up a stick spot. Like, whew. but. Man, Jonathan Quick. Like, what more else can you say about that man? He's so damn good. It's just, I, I know some people maybe want to say that maybe he should have made a save or something in the first. I don't think so. Not at all. Defense was terrible. Like, multiple two on ones. The first goal is Sean Dersey and Matt Roy are just staring at the puck. Quickie kept him in it. That game easily could have been eight, nine, ten. Quick made some pretty good saves. Pretty, pretty good saves. Ah, so you want to be so frustrated with the defense, but they fought back. I, I don't. I mean, yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. I, I guess I, that's great to see. You want to see a team fight back and not give up. I mean. The Flames didn't look good. This That's what was so frustrating is Markstrom didn't look solid. The Flames were kind of just get, getting gimme goals. Their defense was suspect. Artie had two goals in, like, the first five minutes. So you make the comeback. Or you make it close, at least. Artie was solid. Fiala showing mitts. Um, who got the fourth one? I forgot. I'm going to bring it. Um, I've got the fourth one. Let me look right now. 
And you guys are good yelling at me. You got the fourth one. Kopi, that's right. Kopi had the snipe. Kopi had that nice snipe. He's actually shooting the puck. That was good to see. And then Kempe actually getting back on the board. He's been in a little bit of a slump. That was nice to see. But 6-5. Ah, I don't know. Defense has to be shored up. That's for sure. This is... I mean, we yeah, you won four in a row at home, and that, that was cool to see, but this is what we've been seeing kind of when the Kings have been bad is this suspect defense just kind of puck-watching and making bad decisions, just mental mistakes. Can't have that if you want to be a good hockey team, that's for sure. Offense is looking is still okay. I mean, there were some games, the Wild just kind of wild in the Chicago game at home, just kind of squeaking by there, but Scoring. I don't know. It's tough. You, you you see the Kings team play pretty well, and you were kind of hoping for some some consistency. But that the end of the homestand, I, I I mean, they're getting like I said, they're getting the wins. They weren't really playing too well, and then you just come out here and give up a six spot to the Calgary Flames. Oh, it's gross. It's gross. But 10-7-2 record. Is that right? 10-7-1? Either way. Edmonton on Wednesday. I don't know. We got we got my boy Joe in here. Joe Paterino. He decided to join us on this uh, little fun night we're having. <laughs> What's going on, Joe? I don't know if you want to get into the game or what you just saw. Or- <laughs> Have at it, Crazy game. Uh, first of all, it, I, I had to say, cause I was listening to you just talk a bit and it's funny. You talked about, you know, uh, mental mistakes, puck watching. I'm in the process. So I've gone back and I've been watching like every goal the Kings have given up this season. And mm-hmm. I'm in the process of putting a piece together with a bunch of video clips, um, for the hockey royalty website. And that's a lot of what it is, Russ. You know, I'm looking just at five on five goals. Um, I'm not looking at power play right now or penalty kill. And I'm focusing on goals that are in zone rather than off the rush. And obviously off the rush, they're getting beat off the rush too. I don't want to ignore that, but the goals that you'll see it in the clips. Um, and I think we saw some of it tonight and, and I'll go back and watch the clips from tonight's game as well. But these are there are there are plenty of situations where the Kings have their man on man coverage. Everybody has their man. Everything looks okay until it doesn't, and then all of a sudden, so one guy, one player may overcommit or just lose his man for just a second, and that's all it takes, and it's in the back of the net. And I know there's been a lot of of uh, heat on the Kings goaltending this season, and I, I'm not going to say it's not deserved. But boy, are they being hung out to dry more often than not. How good did Quick play tonight? All things considered, right? It's just, it's another example. And I think you're right, Russ, with just, just puck watching, mental lapses, mental mistakes. I, I, I don't think this is something I attribute to a system issue. Um, I, I don't think, uh, it's like these, they're, they're just, Things that are going wrong 
in the defensive zone that you wouldn't expect to be happening, and sometimes from their important players, right? I mean, there's a clip tomorrow, whenever I'm able to get this piece done, you'll see from Kopitar, just, it just totally loses a guy. So it's, it's across the board, forwards, defensemen, and it is strange because it's a team that's normally very sound in their own zone. Yeah, and this is, this is why I love talking with you, Joe, because you coach the game of hockey. And, like, all of that we just talked about, like, just mental errors. Just, it's not like they're getting beat or anything. It's just like, what do you say if you're Todd McClellan? Like, what do you do as a coach in that situation? <laughs> this is the frustrating thing, Russ. Is, uh, so I'm, I'm not, obviously, the coach of the Kings, but I do the same thing with the team that I coach. After games, I'll go back, I'll watch video, and it's just you scream at the, the laptop, and it's just like <laughs> – no, no, there's no, and, and you, you guarantee these are, they're having video sessions. They're talking about this. Um, I, I don't know. There's, there's a couple of situations that do happen where like there may be a scramble along the wall and mm-hmm. as the play comes out and it fans out, every, it's just kind of chaos and nobody really knows what their assignment is. And there's been a couple mm-hmm. of goals that have happened like that. And yeah, you're right. It's like, what, what do you say? You, you you probably want to f- to change something systematically because if there's this many mistakes that are being made, y- mm-hmm. you almost think you may have to. But uh, boy, it's hard to say. Like I said, there's plenty of times where at the start of a play, everybody's accounted for. It's just yep. somebody somebody for a split second loses a guy, and that's all it takes. Yeah. And- yeah, that's why it's so frustrating to watch this, like, Kings team this whole season so far because that's all it's really been. And I don't know if it's just a lack of, like, swagger or confidence in the system that they're running or maybe the system itself. And because you see, you've seen this team play well defensively. That's what's so weird. And you've only added one other player in Kevin Viola. And granted, yeah, he's more of a wild card defensively, but still it shouldn't have a whole effect on this team. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe we just have to start th- – I mean, this could be a problem until maybe they upgrade the defensive side or make any player like move. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I see we got a couple of people that want to uh, chime in here. Uh, Noah, I see you, buddy. We'll get to you in just a second. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it's um, something that maybe you just have to look outside. I know it's so early. Like, it's, But the thing is, like, we've seen so many of these games, and that's why we just keep talking about it, right? Yeah, and you know it is early, but we're almost at game twenty now, so it's yeah. it's not that early anymore. You know, and I look at Vegas uh, as an example of defensive zone. So they really changed things up under Bruce Cassidy, where they've kind of gone to more of they will spend a little bit more time in their zone. They'll give up a few more shots, but they're very very cognizant of being. It's more of a zone type of structure where it's just. We're going to give you the outside, but we're not going to chase you. We're going to give you the shots from the outside, and we're going to not allow anything in the slot. And they were in the past, they've kind of played that man-on-man and have chased guys around the zone. And it led to some, you know, Vegas wasn't a great defensive team last year in terms of, of high danger chances against, I don't think. And they were a little loosey-goosey at times. And this is what we're seeing right now with the Kings is, you know, they're playing a system where it, it appears it's, it's you know, they're a man-on-man system. So they're, everybody has to have a guy and you're chasing around the zone. Mm-hmm. And if you lose a guy, it's over because then it all falls apart. 
So it it just opens up some potential holes. And you wonder if it's been this big of an issue, which, listen, it is a problem. No question about it. Do you look to change something which offers its own problems, right? Changing some sort of a a scheme at the 20-game mark, that's not an easy thing to do. What's kind of strange is all things said, the Kings are off to a pretty good start record-wise, um, so it's, it is a strange situation, Russ. It, it really is. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it just makes it so hard for us to talk about uh, <laughs> on the podcast each week. But, um, before I, I brought in Noah, uh, we'll get to you before I, I get you in here. I just want to run over some stats. I'm looking at at moneypuck.com. All situations, the Kings actually had a higher expected goals rate with 4.17 over 3.39. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, they showed better chances offensively towards late, but just couldn't pull out the victory. So what, what's going on, Noah? Hey, Russell, how's it going? It's going pretty well. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, this is, I think, the first loss of the season where I'm genuinely mad at, at what I just watched. Like, I, I, there's been frustrating times, but, like, I'm genuinely mad. And, but also, the fact that that game should probably be tied 6-6 if Kopitar slides it past March in there is, is insane. The fact that that, that that game probably should have been tied. I'm, that was the yeah. That that was the worst one goal game I've ever watched, and I <laughs> and I don't know if like if I'm accurate in that. If I'm just freaking out. No, but, you're you're totally right. Yeah, I mean, you feel like it's like you you you're so much you're so disappointed at the beginning, and then like they get your hopes up, and then all, like you said that Markstrom save just kind of like. Oh, like a knife right in like the back. He, like, like he, like he, he didn't look good all night. I mean, uh, to, in my yeah. opinion, and then he, and then he just makes a whatever. Hop. That was that was the best look for the Kings all night. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But and, but yeah, but yeah, we go have ahead, we we have that, and I think you mentioned. I mean, the, the first goal stands out to me. I mean, if I saw the replay right, there's two defenders just watching the middle of the slot as who was it? was it Huberdo. Uh, mm-hmm. goes around the slot. So that, that's that's one that sticks out to me um, big time. But also, I mean, just in general, w- why is Toby Bjornfa not playing on the LA Kings right now? Like on, on the left uh, side. Like that, oh, that's man. my biggest question right you're now. Gonna, you're going to make me You're gonna make me do it. You're going to make me do the, the Sean Dursey defense. It's like, no, man, no I, 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 like a... I love Dursey. I love the energy. <laughs> I, love, I love his offense that he brings, but there's no way that, that you're telling me that Bjornfoot is is not a reasonable answer for the left side right now. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. I, I, Sean Dursey, I I think he leads the the team in points by defenseman right now. I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure he does. Especially how he the system. I think you're right, especially after um, the, the the Detroit yeah. game. Um, if there is a, a chance to make a move, I think you probably have to look at switching out Bjornfo with Edler for a couple games, and I thought that's what would happen. Yeah, and I'm not even saying maybe for Jersey, but at least for Edler. I mean, I I think he tripped over the goal four times tonight, and, and, and that's the thing. He's played. I think he's played what every almost every game or every yeah. Game. There's no like, way he keep is, that up. Exactly. So I I don't know. Like Joe, if you ever want to step in here, it's all you, buddy. Um, but it's I I don't know. That's I, that's I feel like that's a pro player that just like I talk about with Jonathan Quick, how he can't be playing fifty plus games of this whole season. Like Edler should be like a platoon guy. Right? Yeah. Right, Joe? Yeah, I I agree. I don't think he's going to because I, I just think that they, they're going to view him as a guy that's that's that stable, steady veteran like and he's going to yeah. play. 
But that said, yeah, I would uh, rather than Bjornfoot. And in fairness, I haven't watched enough of Ontario to 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 see. By all accounts, he's having a pretty good start to the season. Um, but I would go with who they just brought up in Jacob Overare. Mm-hmm. But my my question is is and this is the kind of the conversation we're having, I guess is is it for Dursey or is it for Adler? And I guess yeah. it's, I yeah. think I would agree. It's probably for Adler because listen, Dursey and maybe it's just being highlighted because of the way the season has gone. You're going to, you're going to live and die by what Dursey brings, right? He's going to bring great offense and he's going to be risky <laughs> and he's going to be not great in the defensive zone. It's just, it, it, it is what it is right now, and and that's going to be the case. And until the Kings decide, it's just too much to take defensively. You know, he's he's going to keep playing, and I don't think he does. I don't think he should come out. I think he's been. I think overall he's been good, and he's been a positive contributor. But I get it that his mistakes get highlighted a bit. Um, I wouldn't mind. Saying, I was wondering if they would play Moverari today and give Adler a puff. Um, I, I did wonder that. But obviously that didn't happen. And I wonder, it's a, three more games on the trip. There's a back-to-back coming up. So I, I wouldn't be too surprised to see some something happen uh, on the back end. Maybe Moverari comes in and for one of them. I wouldn't, see, I wouldn't be surprised if Moverari is in on Wednesday. I think that's a uh, move maybe you make. Or even we might see Elias Anderson in, on Wednesday as well. I mean, this is like we just talked about with – like what does a coach do in the situation? Well, playing different players might help. So, yeah, I, I, that's maybe a couple of things that we might see. I, I, as much as people want to like bag on like Leah Anderson and and wh- whatnot, but I mean, there's been spurts where he's been okay. So it's like uh, it's not much of a downgrade, I guess, from um, what we saw tonight. I don't I don't know if you got any more to add here, Noah. Uh, no, I think that's about it. But if I could just ask one more question, then either maybe you or Joe might have some input. I think that if you're Todd McClellan, you go back to Quickie on Wednesday. I don't think there's any reason to to go away from him on Wednesday. I know I know he gave up six tonight, and I know that you want maybe you give you want to give Cal one of these games on the road trip. But I think by the way he stood on his head tonight, keeping the Kings in, and I, I think you go right back to him on Wednesday. But I think that's kind of my closing argument or question. Maybe you guys can keep it going. But thanks, Ross. No. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of the night. Yeah, you too, Noah. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, yeah, I, I'm right with you there on Quickie. I think uh, you kind of have to show a little bit of um, uh, praise to your goaltender for kind of keeping this team in, especially the way the defense kind of let him down. Like, bringing him back in for Wednesday would, would be like, oh, hey, hey, buddy, like you helped us out here. Like, we're going to repay the favor by giving you another start and kind of show some confidence in you. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think Cal's going to probably get one of the back-to-backs. Uh, so... I'd go quick. Uh, I'd go quick Wednesday, though. For sure. Yeah, I'm gonna bring in. We got our boy West Coast Bias wants to hop in here. You know he's bringing the heat. What's going on, West Coast? We lost, and you know, do we want to? We want exciting losses, or do we want to win hockey games? And I think that was kind of like what uh, Todd was saying earlier. Uh, you know, when he was saying, you know we got to figure out what kind of team we want to be. And, you know, Joe was talking about how, you know, like the difference between like split seconds in this game. And it's like, you know, we're not playing Chicago. This isn't a lottery team we're playing. This is a contending team. And that's the difference. 
And it's like we can we can beat those teams. We should be we should be curb stomping Detroit and Chicago. You know, I mean, like you know, but it's like you know when you play a good team. This is the test: playing Chicago, playing Calgary, playing Vegas, playing the Abs, those kind of guys. And if you can't beat those guys, something's wrong. You know, you're not you're not where you want to be. And uh, you know, we went back to chaos hockey, and. Uh, you know, like as far as this whole business of like, you know, Jersey, it's like, you know, I tweeted out, you live by the Jersey, you die by the Jersey. You know, and it's like, he's like Eric Carlson with half the point. You know, it's just been, what is, has Eric Carlson won a lot of cups? I mean, like, you know, the, the, the triple crown line was very exciting and we lost. <laughs> the, we lost, we, we, you know, like we, uh, 80s hockey was very exciting for the Kings. We scored a ton of goals and we lost. You know, it's just like you, it, it doesn't matter if you score a lot of goals, if you play zero defensive system and you just throw it all out, out the window, you have to have some kind of uh, structure to your game. And the, the whole thing with uh, Bjorn for is like, you know, uh, like and, and the whole thing with like keeping Edler in because he's a veteran and everything. I mean, do, did we already forget that last year the entire starting lineup for our defense was out? And we actually played better defense with the younger guys. I mean, like, you know, are we just going to forget all that? I mean, uh, I definitely think that Bjornfort should be in there. And I think Movirari should be in there. And I think John Walker probably should be waived. And, and they should just put uh, Dursey on the right side, you know, and, until we can make a trade. And this business of, like, we have to put John and Walker in there because, I don't know, we're trying to, like, up his trade. I, I just seriously don't think we're going to get anything for him. I feel bad for Quick. I didn't think he played bad at all, but you know, it's just uh, I just think uh, you know we we have to get back to our structured game, and we're not we're not going to outrun and gun a team like Calgary or the Abs. And if we ever want to like you know get past the first round, we're going to have to get back to our structured system. But anyway, that's that's just my yeah. take. <laughs> those those are all good takes, buddy. I mean, I love it. Um, yeah, it's just this is what the Kings have have been this year. Is there there's no real no structure and they've been more or less just kind of beating themselves really this season. And it's just one, I don't know. It's just one thing after another. It's maybe, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just been a a shrug of a few games here from, from the Kings. And I understand like you want to dominate teams like Detroit and Chicago and all that. It's, the thing is, they they're winning those games at least. I mean, I understand they got a point in Chicago, but at least they're winning. And that's the thing is that they got that for a couple games there. They were finding ways to win when everything wasn't clicking. But tonight it's just they just beat themselves. And I'll tell you what, like I'm I'm not scared of the Flames at all. I mean, a lot of people were picking them to win the division. I don't see that happening the way they played tonight or the way that they've been starting the season. I don't know if they, maybe they'll put it put it together, but. I mean, the Flames didn't look good. Markstrom didn't look that great. It's just unfortunate, really. It's just the, uh, the Kings team that once again just beats itself, really. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't have a lot to really disagree with with what West Coast had to say. That it's just it's very frustrating um, because you can't run around like that and just lose assignments. Because again, as he said, against the good teams and. I do still think Calgary is a good team. I still think they're one of the contenders in the division, despite their 
recent stretch of <laughs> six or seven <laughs> losses in a row, making me look really bad. But I still think the team can gel and figure it out. Uh, but anyways, regardless, this is a good hockey team, and and you can't do that. That for just and, and again, I cannot wait to go back and watch these goals because the first goal, I just. Just it's a blatant breakdown, you know. Jonathan Huberdeau is left wide open in the slot, and and those things are just happening too frequently right now. And uh, the thing is, is and this is what I don't know, and, and I'm hesitant to believe that just swapping out a jersey for I don't know Moverari or Bjornfoot you know, fixes it. Maybe it does. You know, maybe maybe it is that simple that you take out Dursey for a couple of games and things settle. But, man, I, I don't – it just seems like it's not just the defensemen, though. I want to I be clear. Like, forwards are at fault in this as well. You'll mm-hmm. see in some of the clips that I'm putting together here for this piece is there are forward errors. You know, Carl Grunstrom gets caught. Kopitar gets caught. Velarde makes a couple mistakes. Like, it's, it's a it's – a, the way the Kings play their defensive zone, and most teams in the defensive zone, it's a team thing. It's not just one or two guys – Generally, I mean, it takes one or one guy to just miss his assignment and the whole thing falls apart. Yep. But it couldn't be a forward too. It's not just the defenseman all the time, and I, and I think we we need to to you know recognize that as well. But it's frustrating. There's, there's no question because he's right. You you play like this against a good team and you're done. Yep. West Coast. I don't know if you got any more you wanna you wanna add before you hop off here. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna go ahead and uh, keep on going, going. We got a couple more people that want to jump in. Oh man, just a frustrating game. Just it, that's all it really was. Just totally frustrating. Hey, hey uh, Russ, are you still there? Oh, what's, yeah, what's up, man? No, I just wanted to say, like, you know, part of missing assignments is these guys have played on the right side of the ice their whole life, and now you're asking them at the NHL level to play a whole new position, and you know, play on the left side, and I think. You know, even that play where where uh, everyone was saying, "Oh, it was a bad bounce by Dursey because it went off the official." It's like, well, maybe he wouldn't have shouted off the official if he was on his forehand and could have made like a decent pass out of the zone. You know, just mm-hmm. like when you have to do everything on your backhand, it, uh, you know, and and, uh, and try to make like a nice breakout pass. It's going to be hard. And when you're when you're uh, used to playing on on the uh, right side, you know it's hard to know like where to go instinctively. It's like, you know, if you've ever played a music, uh, you're playing an instrument or something like that, you know, where you just, you just know through muscle memory, like where to go, like on, on the guitar strings, you know, it's like, it's like that in sports too. It's like, if you're used to playing a certain way your whole life, and then you like are being told like within a month, you have to like learn how to play on the left side. You just instinctually don't, know where to go or what to do as quickly as in- instinctively as you would. And just, it just, I mean, you're just wired. Why, and the thing is, it doesn't even have to be that way. We have guys, we have guys that can play that position. They did it all last year. I mean, how many games did, did uh, Bjorn Ford play last year? Like most of the season, right? So like, mm-hmm. why, why are we acting like he's not an NHL player? Yeah, for me, I mean, for me, for me, I, I appreciate you hopping in here. West Coast is all like, I mean, you're making, Great points here, and and it's for me. Um, I, we got a couple more people, so I, I appreciate. It. I'm going to move on to the next person right here in just a second. I hope you have a good night, buddy. Um, for me, it's just I, I think that Jersey needs to be in the lineup, and I, I totally understand that having the, a right shot, 
player on the left side is just it's it's frustrating to watch at times because it's like West Coast just said it's something that doesn't need to happen. I, I don't know. I think you just have to find a way to get Dursey in for Walker on the right side and maybe put Moviari in the lineup. Maybe try that out, see how it goes, because then you have um, some solid points. But I don't know if it's really necessarily the one part, like Joe said, this is like a team defensive issue right now for the Kings. Like, we can't just keep talking about how that's the issue, because, I mean, I don't think he's on the ice for all six goals as it is. This is a, a defensive team issue defensively. Um, so, Kadia, I hope I, I, don't, I don't know if you have a name. What's going on, buddy? And <laughs> No worries. Um, how are you doing, Russ? Um, listen, the mental breakdowns of our team are just so frustrating to watch. You you battle back from from down one uh, towards the end of the first period, and you can't settle the game down. You're up 2-1. Like, game management, mental breakdowns all year long are just – the this, beat, this team is beating itself. But mm-hmm. – um, I don't know how to fix that. Like, is that a coaching thing? Is that, is that, you know, do they have to get, uh, you know, some some mental coaching in? I don't know. <laughs> but um, I agree with everything the last like, guys were saying. This defense needs to be settled down. We're going in circles here, guys. Like, like this is like the second time or third time we talked about this this year. Like, we get a couple of good games in where it feels okay. And I, and I wasn't super excited about the last four games at home either. I felt like we did it. It was good. I feel you on that. I feel the you teams on that. weren't that great. The teams weren't that great. So they came through. But it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is total dominance. And we're, like, back mm-hmm. into L.A. Kings hockey the way we're supposed to play. I agree with those guys so, so much, the last two commentators. Like, we were good last year. We have the guys. Like, let's just move forward. Like, even Walker and I mean even Edler tonight he blew a tire and it's like oh but my main point that I wanted to ask you and this might be really sacrilegious and I I hope it's not I'm not asking too much of this this group here what about Drew like he, he I mean he had a long break and and all that and of course he has still so many nice glides and he's evasive on the back end and he moves around and he makes good passes but it just feels to me like he's not the Drew Doughty that, you know, I came to yeah. to worship. But I don't know. You know, what do you think about that? No, I, I don't think Drew's really the problem. If anything, he's not the problem. He's, no, he's not the problem. I think he's problem. been one of the – probably the best – I mean, obviously, I think he's the best defender the Kings have, and he's played like it. I guess um, maybe I just I, – I just expect – It's just, it's just tough because I understand because a lot of people look to his contract, $11 million a year. You, you want to see a little bit more. Uh, I understand that there's those voices out there. It's just it's just hard because, like, I mean, at the time he signed it and all that. And, but all that was – all that being said, it's just – I think I don't think he's been the issue at all. And I think he's he's Drew, and it, it, I don't think that's going to be the problem or the player that we should be looking toward. I think it's more of just a team defensive issue right now. Like you said, like, there's a lot of mental mistakes. And, like, what do you do as a coach? Like, what – where's – where do you turn to if you're McClellan? Like – is it just I mean I, for me I probably just do a lot more video just like point people out like call you need to be calling people out like hey just like point put that projector down have that have everything go on and just like call people out right there like look at Jersey like what are you doing right here buddy like Roy Z like why are you pinching on that like what like stuff like that like 
there needs to be some accountability from these decisions that are being made. And I think maybe it needs to be more of an off-ice issue to, to turn to. Yeah, my last point is if Fiala leaves the zone with his skates one more time <laughs> without the puck, I'm gonna I'm gonna write him an email or something because <laughs> maybe send him a TikTok. It seems like he's really into those. Like, he's just always down the ice without you know without the most important ingredients. Anyways, thanks, Russ. Thanks, buddy. But Joe, I don't know if you got anything you want to add to that, but I'll, I'm just gonna go ahead and keep on moving to our next. Next little speaker here. I would yeah, just man. real quick add. Uh, I, 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 I mean, I think West Coast is preaching to the choir about left shot D. You know, I certainly don't love Jersey playing on the left. I actually, I think he's done about as well as you could ask for somebody to play on the left. But that right. said, it's not his natural. It's not his strength. It's it's probably not the best spot for him. And I think you're maybe onto something. That's probably the next thing that I would try, Russ. Is Figure out who you're going to play with Edler, um, whether it's Walker or Dersey, and that'll be up. Maybe the coaches want to sit Dersey down because he's made, you know, too many defensive mistakes, whatever it is, but, and move, they have Moverari up. So I'll use him instead of Yornfoot and move Moverari and, and get him on the left side. I mean, perhaps the hesitation there is a, is a pairing of Moverari and Roy isn't exactly something that exudes a whole lot of, maybe, you know, offensive potential. Not that that's what the, it wouldn't be the point of that pairing, but it's just an odd pairing, I think. So maybe that's why that hasn't happened. Uh, I don't know. That's just, I'm, I'm just kind the, of spitballing. The thing I'll say but, to that, though, wasn't, like, wasn't Edler Jersey pretty good last year, if I remember? Did we see any a lot? Maybe we didn't. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to find it on Money Puck right now. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like it was. I, I feel like it was, but I can't recall offhand. But I think that's maybe the Edler, route. Edler Roy. Edler Roy was good last year. Edler Roy, that's okay. Okay. So maybe we see that. because I would like see – I would go Edler and Roy keep, and then Moverari Dersey. Yeah, then you keep the Edler, the Dersey Moverari pairing as like more of a third pair, kind of wild card pair. But then you have Dersey still in the lineup for some power play. Oh, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, the, the the only issue, the only problem with that is now we've ju- we just got done talking about Edler. <laughs> maybe he should maybe step out a game here or there because you know they want to make sure they're they're monitoring his minutes. And now we've just moved him up to the second there. Right, so. right. Well, I mean, Jersey's been playing a lot of minutes, but that's just all ideas that were just kind of floating out there. Sure, I brought yeah. in Max, our buddy Max G. What's what's going on, Max? How you doing, guys? Doing pretty well. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, I have a question about this road trip since it's all against uh, division opponents. And if you look at the standings where things are at right now, uh, besides Vegas, uh, nobody's really uh, playing their best game at the moment. So what, what would you guys consider to be a successful road trip right now, considering they got Edmonton, Vancouver and Seattle coming up? You know what's weird, Max, about that? Because I, I saw a couple of people talking about that. Like, hey, what, like, how many points do you think the team should get on this road trip? Like, what, what are you thinking point-wise? And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, the way this team's been playing lately, I just want to see them play well. Like, I, it's, it's, we're still so early, and they've kind of built themselves a little bit of a cushion. Uh, I, I keep saying early, and I, Joe, you're going to have to keep reminding me that we're coming up to the 20-game mark because this season's kind of <laughs> flying by. The Kings have played so many games. Like, that needs to be talked about, too. Like, there's just game after game after game. But, I mean, also, so like I said, like it's just like they've kind of built themselves a little bit of a cushion, so I just kind of want to see them play well because we haven't seen that at all. 
So if they can consistently consistently play some good type of Kings hockey that we've seen, hey, I'd be totally fine with they if they go like one and three on the trip. I mean, obviously, I don't want them to go the winless, but hey, if they're if if they're playing good hockey, only grab two points in the next three games, I'm totally cool with that. My last question for you guys is, uh, I guess like you said, it's it's early, but it's not early. But do you think the Kraken are or a legit contender in the division. Oh, Joe, you want to take that one? I know we've talked about the Kraken a couple times. Yeah, I'm the, uh, I think the resident Kraken fan here. (laughs) Um, No, I don't think they're a contender for the division. Yes, I think they're for real and that they're going to be in the hunt. I, they've been, they were a good team last year. Five on five, their metrics were good. They got let down by special teams and goaltending, and right now they're getting some decent special teams and surprising goaltending. I am skeptical that the goaltending is going to last. Um, so, while I do think this team is is good and I do think they're competitive, I just don't. I think they're going to slip just too much because I just don't think the goaltending is good enough. But but that said, that's not an easy team to play. No question. A lot of good young talent there. A lot of good yeah. young talent. I really like Matty Beniers. I think he's a solid player. Kind of makes me jealous of our second overall pick, to be honest with you, but this is what it is. Um, we'll move on, Russ. Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> Max, you got anything else you want to add to here, buddy? That's it for now. Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Have a good All night. Right. I'm going to go ahead Thanks, and move on over. I'm going to go ahead and move on over to our our, uh, our boy Edgar here. What's uh What's going on, Edgar? Hey, how's it going, man? Um, I was just going to, like, basically say something, but not too like the other guys said it. I just, I was going to agree, like, there's been a lot of, like, weird, like, you know, issues or, I guess, like, errors. Like, even from, like, the veterans, too, like, we see from everybody. So, I mean, like, it is, like, hard to, like, point out, like, different people. I mean, in the back, yeah, maybe we can, like, with, like, Dursey a little bit with some of those uh, defensive errors. And, like, you know, we said we can shift around some of those guys, like, Edler. But um, I think if, like, everyone just comes together, I don't know what you, what you can do for that. Someone said, like, a mental coach. But, like, if they just come together somewhat and, like, regroup, be like, hey, like, like we could easily, like, not, um, like, allow, like, these mistakes. It's, like, like point, like, like millisecond, like, things, like, clearances, little things that are, like, so easy. It's not like we can't, like, do it. So, I mean, if, I, I don't know if that's, that's, like, a group thing they need. Like, that maybe that could be a coach thing to, like, get the group and, like, really, like, um, like clean that up, um, but then yeah, if we like don't make those mistakes, we can easily be winning games because we can't be forwarding like almost like sixty goals and still be negative in the difference. Like that's kind of like an issue. Um, yeah, that's all I had to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you hopping in here, Edgar. Um, I don't know. Maybe we were talking about that a little bit earlier, and I don't know if we talked about it a little bit. Maybe if it's just a systemic issue on the on the in our own zone. Um, yeah, I mean, Edgar, you're gonna you you're the exactly what you were saying is 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 keep an eye out again. I don't know when this piece is gonna drop. If it's gonna be tomorrow or later in the week, but you guys are gonna see. It's just gonna be like these are simple mistakes that you wouldn't <laughs> think would be made at this level, but the game happens so fast, and all it takes is a split second. And the system that they play is a man on man system. I know I've repeated this, but once you if one guy falters in that. Exactly, Ralph. It becomes chaotic. It becomes a scramble. And and I do think, I will say, like, 
I think you said this earlier, Russ, and I think I knew you were going to be getting to this. Like these these coaches these days, there's so much video. There's so much video. Like they're watching video on the bench. How many times mm-hmm. have you seen Arbutson grab, grab the iPad and look at the bench? I mean, it happens all the time. These, like, I don't think anything that, that we're talking about or anything that I'm going to write in this piece that, that is going to show these examples is going to be something that they don't know. But boy, it really does look like just errors that, that you're just surprised that are being made at this point in the season by some of the guys that are making them. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if it was just one, like, big error, I mean, turnovers is the biggest one, obviously. That mm-hmm. is something that's, like, huge. But, again, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, there's been di- – we have different guys in the back, but I don't think, like, those other guys are a lot more different that can't, you know, do good. I mean, of course they can. I mean, I think we're we're finding ways to win games. Obviously, we're top and we're still allowing all these goals. I think it's just simple. They need to fix that. Um, maybe towards, like, the end of the year it will get better. Um, and then once we get to, like – closer to like uh i guess start of the, ne- the second half it just sort of like goes away a little bit hopefully um i don't see like any big trades or anything happening i think we're gonna stick with our guys because i think we'll just stick and maybe move some guys around but i don't think we'll see any big moves so maybe they'll just come together and you know f- uh, fix that i guess yeah i mean that's, and that's the thing is we there's still some optimism is because this team when they when they can play well they play well i mean the talent is there and they're scoring goals so there, there's a lot of optimism still for this season. I mean, I think if this team can kind of figure it out, then there's the sky's the limit, really. I mean, especially with the Kevin Jolly, he's like a total game changer, and Rob Blake will probably have some money to work with at the deadline. So, still a lot of optimism for the rest of the season. It's just you just hope they kind of figure out these mental mistakes. Yeah, but hopefully, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we don't even have like you know, like Byfield, one of our top guys, and I follow like you know, but then you know, we get the other guys, and then it's still good. So, I mean, the yep. rotation, we have guys, you know, there's there's good depth. That's the thing that we've not had in such a long time, and it's so good to say we have that. It's just a matter of the coach making, you know, right moves if we need that right now, if we really do or if not. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I appreciate you hopping in here, Edgar. I'm going to go ahead and move over to at Stenastuck76. What's, what's going on? <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm using my uh, friend's account. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Uh, first of all, uh, my first time ever talking to this, so just always, always a fan, man. Appreciate um, it. I think we've beat the dead horse with the whole defensive liability and all that good stuff. There's actually two things I want to point out that I, we, I don't feel that got discussed, or maybe I missed it. But the first thing is when we came into that third, Fiala with Moore and Deneau, I liked it because that's what I feel the line should be because I'll be honest with you, Arvidsson has not impressed me. Uh, I'm sorry, I have to say it. Um. And I don't think we brought in Fiala with that contract to be a third liner. Um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on, do you feel Fiala on the second line is better right now and Arvidsson to third? Certainly was interesting, right? I mean, that definitely did kind of shake a lot of things up toward the, the end of the game there. Um, I don't know. It's, it's McClellan stuck with that same lineup for quite a while, and I, I get it, they're winning. So you kind of have to stick with that lineup, especially how we kind of called them out after you changed the lineup. Out. I think it was the Chicago game earlier in the year. But, right. um, yeah, I don't know. They looked pretty good. And, yeah, you're paying Fiala close to $8 million a year. I mean, you pair him with probably our best two-way centerman in, in Deneau. I mean, who Deneau, look at what Deneau's been able to do his almost entire career, just kind of elevate his wingers around him. And if you play play, play him with a player like Deneau, or I'm mean, sorry, with Fiala, who 
kind of has that transition type hockey game to him that like him and Trevor Moore like to play. So, yeah, I was I, upset I, they I, took him off the first line that quickly. Sorry to cut you off. Just... No, you're good. Um, I mean, yeah, that was the, it was it was kind of weird. I mean, it, it worked out because the Fiala Kapari right. Grundstrom line wasn't playing terribly. They were actually one of the better lines in the underlying <laughs> metrics, but. He wasn't bad on the first line, and that's the thing that I think that one game that he played, I think it was the Jets game, right? After yeah. the, oh, that the, nightmare of a game. Yeah, yeah, the Jets game. Joe Joe talked about it. He, did, he looked really good. That was probably his best game as a King almost right. at that time of the season. Right. Yeah, he, I agree. I I was a little surprised that they moved him, but you know what? Real that. But that said, I know. There's been some that said, I think Pavel for us had said that, you know, he, he was, he saw this coming a mile away. Like, um, he didn't, he wasn't a best, a great fit with Kopitar and Kempe. And the only thing, I don't know that I want to see him stay with Denon more. Um, because I think that Denon Moore and Arvidsson line is doing a pretty good job creating chances. Listen, this is a game where the coach is like, they're trying to find a spark, right? After two periods. So you throw something together, you shuffle it up a little bit. I don't know that that necessarily translated into the next game because I think what we've seen and Russ, you just mentioned it. Fiala has really lifted that. Like he's driving that third line. Mm-hmm. And I, what, I, what would worry me is. If we move, if Fiala gets moved up to the second line, I I don't know who's driving the third line. Like right. Arvidsson's, an, you know, he's a good energy guy. I don't know that Kapari is is driving things right now. You know, and I, that's what worries me is is what happens down lineup. So and I that, guess I just be curious to see how that shakes out. But I I kind of like Fiala down there with Kapari. Um, it's kind of looked good to me, but we'll see. And, and that goes back to that big B word that McClellan was talking about a couple of days ago in balance. He's seeing a lot of balance through the, the lineup right now up front with Fiala on the third line. Yeah. I mean, Fiala with the no and more sounds incredible. And I, I totally get where you're coming from, but I think we, you have to look at sort of with Fiala on the third line, like Joe just talked about, he made a great point saying that you're going to gain a lot by moving Fiala up, but you're probably going to lose a lot more in the third line. if you Put Arvidsson on that line. So, that's, that's, a, that's a great point, Joe. Good point. Uh, if I can just add one quick little question in there. Yeah, of course, buddy. Uh, this one I don't really feel would have solved the problem necessarily for our defensive lapses tonight, but missing Lemmy from our lineup, there goes our toughness. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I don't think it got touched on. But, you know, look at, look at Cal- Calgary's big boys, you know, and thank God Edmonton has uh, Vander Kane, Noah Vander Kane coming up, but I hope he's okay, of course, but you know, Lemmy's our toughness and teams will take liberties on us. And yeah, I mean, how, it, many, how many times did Arvidsson get knocked over by Zadorov all game? It, it seems like three or four times. So, you know, my question is like, without him, like, he's not the be-all, end-all, but I was pretty pissed when he, he went down, because I was like, there goes our toughness. And I just want to know, do you feel like is it time that we invest in toughness or we invest in defense if we were to to pick one or the other? Well, I think that's the thing is that's the toughness and defense, like a tough defender pretty much is what the Kings have kind of been lacking that, that Matt Green, Willie Mitchell, Rob Scuderi kind of Robin Regeer type player that they've been lacking on the defensive end for, for quite some time now. They kind of transition a lot more skill on just all over the lineup. And it's weird. Cause like, 
all the Kings defensemen are like six foot and above, but they're right around six foot. But they don't really play with that like level of toughness that a player like Lemieux does. And but the, it's so frustrating because like is that a player that you want to rely on to bring toughness to the lineup every night? Probably not. So it's like you want to hope to bring a little bit more of that aggressiveness, that aggressive like play style that hey. You're going to knock over Arvidsson? All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and lay my body on you next time you drop, throw that puck in the corner. Like, that that hit's coming. And right now, like, which defender is going to lay that? Do you want Dowdy to be that player? Probably not. So you need that, like, Connor Susie or, or Carson Susie or this, the just, like, big-type body that's just going to – I don't know why that name just came into my, my mind, but um, – <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. That's pro- that's a that's a big issue I think right now for the King- Kings. Is <laughs> the only person that was getting in a player's faces was Sean Dursey. and yeah, like it's just it's just been hard to see because you you want a little bit more of an aggressive uh, fight from the Kings. Don't forget Blake Lazop being tough for us. That that'll yeah, scare teams. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, giving yeah. me time. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you, man. We got a couple. Oh, I love it. We got like three more people. So I'm gonna get to you three. Um, We'll just go in this order. I see Grady, David, and I got a message for Rudy. So we'll end it with you. So let's let's bring Grady in here. We'll go run with you three, and then we'll call it a night. Oh man, frustrating night. Recap the last six five of the playing. Yeah, what's up? Uh, what's going on, Grady? I appreciate it. Give me the time, man. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, you know, we gave up a lot of goals in the first period. Toffoli, you know, obviously he's former king. It was nice to see, even though it's you know opposition now, but still. Um, I'm just curious, man. Why is it that every time I'm watching the Kings, right, I get this feeling like when we play certain teams like Edmonton, Calgary, um, you know, I don't know, just like Boston, whoever it may be, that I get the feeling that they're so much better than us. Like, why is that? I don't know. I think you know what I mean, though? Like, every single year, like, it's like there's yeah, no. certain few teams from like... They just that... It's just because... I don't know. I'll yeah. tell you what it is. I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll give you the answer right here. It's... Because there's so much more of a spotlight on those teams. That's why. Because you hear about those teams all the time. Like, it's just constant barrage yeah. of Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, and look at what um, look at what the Flames were able to do even when they lost Kachuk and Goudreau. Like, the, they were able to turn around and get Huberto, Uyghur, and Kadri. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, it's just because you hear about those teams so much. That's why we think in our head, like, oh, man, like, it's the big bad Flames or the big bad yeah. Edmonton Oilers. But, like, hey. Those teams haven't won anything. Like, the Canucks haven't won a Stanley Cup exactly. in their whole franchise. The Flames haven't won in how long. The Oilers haven't won in how long. So, it's like, you keep talking about them. But, I mean, I don't, I don't like I said earlier, I, I'm not scared of the Flames after this game. I think Absolutely they can beat themselves tonight. What I would add to that is I think, you remember, we're, we're coming out of a phase where the Kings were pretty bad. <laughs> and there was a lot of teams better than the Kings for, for a, a few years here. So I think you, it's going to take a bit until the Kings, like, so I, I know they made the playoffs last year, but until they, like, really, really establish themselves as, okay, we're back, the Kings are back, playoff team contender, like, you still have that lingering rebuild of like not that long ago where like Gabe Velarde was second center and he wasn't Gabe Velarde like we're seeing right now. Like it was, it was, so I, I think that's probably part of it too, is it wasn't that long ago that where the Kings were a bottom five team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to add one more thing. I'm just curious. Like, obviously I, 
I think a, a lot of these goals that were led in tonight, I don't blame on Quick. I think it was the defense, and I think it was the defensive breakdowns that really put a lot of pressure on Quick. I'm just curious, though, like, when it comes to, like, the obviously the upcoming draft and, like, the current um, prospect pool that we have... How exactly does this team go forward considering you've got like guys like Kempe that took five or six years to become the player he did? Are we expecting the same sort of time period for Byfield? What exactly is going on with Alex Turcott? There's just a bunch of questions. So did we lose him? There, Grady? No, nah, so, yeah. yeah, sorry. Did I cut off? Sorry. You were cutting out of the Oh, I'm sorry. I um, apologize, man. Yeah, I'll, no, you're yeah. good. I right, just... Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually almost like I was like standing, staying up like late after some of the crazy football we saw last yeah. night, and I was thinking to myself like watching highlights, like, yeah. man, when are the, when are the Kings ever going to draft a player that's going to step in and become an immediate? Star? I want to, you know like, what I mean? Though, like, uh, I feel like why can't we draft a player that's like a Cole Caulfield that just comes in and just yeah, lights exactly. up the way? I mean, I understand, like even I think Caulfield played played another year in, in college before he stepped in, but like even then, like. This is you. You have like we haven't seen this this rookie just automatically step in and like yeah. just compete for a Calder Calder trophy. Yeah. Like I think the last Calder trophy winner was Luke Robitaille. It's like oh my god. Oh, yeah. So my I have an opinion on this, and I have no idea if it's right or not. But I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are. I guess, but the Kings have have drafted at least in, in my opinion over the last I don't know how many years now they draft for a high floor. I feel like not necessarily for the highest ceiling. And I wonder if that's played into it where, you know, they knew Byfield. I know Byfield has a high ceiling, but they also knew he was a project. Like they knew he wasn't ready. He was going to take a couple of years. So I don't think they're shocked at that time frame. but I just get the sense that they're drafting guys because they're just, they feel like they're solid. They're going to be solid NHL players. Maybe not necessarily NHL stars, but they're looking to fill their system with NHL caliber players and hope one of them pops into a star. That's um, but they're, they're drafting oh. for floor rather than I, – I, I have, again, I have no idea if, if there's anything no, to that. That's I, just I something I thought about. Because it's weird because, like, I almost think the opposite. Like, I think okay. that – like, even with Byfield, like, Tim Stutzler was right there. Everybody knew Stutzler was going to probably put up 40 points in the next year. Like, he was just solid in, in Europe. And everybody kept talking about, like, oh, oh, Byfield's just generational player, but he's so young and so unique and so raw of a talent. It's going to be a little while. So the floor was pretty low with Byfield at that time. I mean, like, even look at the World Juniors he was in. He had, what, six points, but they were, like, five in one game. And and even all these other players were lighting it up and, and Stusel was looking, having a crazy world junior that year. And so, and, and, and with Brain Clark, even too, like, I, I don't really know, like, looking back, like, players above him, but, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I see him being a little bit more of, like, kind of a project. Like, even Tim, Team Canada has, has said no no to him a couple times. So, I don't know. It's, it's weird the way the Kings have drafted, almost like thinking way down the line in some of their, their prospects. That's true. But yeah, that's, that's Grady, a tough one. Yeah, I know it is. Grady, I'll throw it back to you. I don't know if you got any more you want to add here. Yeah, okay, yeah. I just have one more thing, man. I appreciate it all the time. Yeah. Um, just with the uh, – obviously, this is one thing that's been bothering me all season. I'm sure all Kings fans feel the same way. It's I feel like it's – the guys touched on it before, but it's the physicality, and I feel like that 
so we just don't have it on defense. And the you know we're getting like you, you see like Arbitson, he's just taking hits. Like he's just like because like when I go back and I look at those Kings teams that won the cup, they're not going to take those hits. They're going to go back and you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see that like with this team. I just it, I don't want to say it frustrates me, but it's like. You know what I mean? When you watch those Stanley Cup winning teams, like they're not taking the hits like Arvidsson's taking those hits. It's like, where is the defensive impact? Where is the... Do you know what I mean? Like, where is the... No, yep. you know, I don't know. There's you're no to- fight. <laughs> you're, you're, I totally understand. It's just because yeah. we don't see those players on the Kings right now. It's just they're thinking more just offensively, defensively, kind of more like, hey, I'm just going to play, yeah, play the play game and not really kind of getting the whole fisticuffs or whatever. And so we don't really see... Just that, I, and it's not really, that's the thing, it's not, like, necessarily a bad thing. Like, I don't even think the Avalanche last year were this, like, big, tough team. Like, I don't think yeah. it's that with the Avalanche. I think, but, I mean, but they have, like, tough players on the team. Like, Josh Manson was on that team. So, yeah, you have those players that kind of show you those spurts every now and then make you think, like, oh, yeah, we're still laying the body and kind of playing that type of hockey. But right now you don't see it on the Kings. So maybe that's my, my, my theory on that is I think you kind of add that when you're ready. And I think the Kings are still trying to figure out what their best, you know, lineup is. They're still, you know, they're shuffling some lines around. They just made the big acquisition for Fiala. You know, they're trying to sort out the defense, which they've got questions up on the NHL team, plus some pretty impressive prospects in Ontario. So I think they're trying to figure out who fits and slots where. Like when this team is ready to contend for a cup, and then you start to fill in those kind of bottom six player like that we'll say Pat Maroon for example that big kind of physical piece that that gets added late or you mentioned Josh Manson who they acquired Colorado acquired last year to trade so it's like I think once the team has kind of established themselves it's like okay this is here's our main crop here and we're going to look to fill a couple holes here or there that's my theory is that I don't want to, I don't really care to have that guy now or those guys now. I mean, obviously you hope that Byfield, right. He's such a big boy that as he grows and develops that he's going to be that not a physical player, but be able to play a physical game and handle a physical game. But I think in terms of that, that bottom six guy that you want to be engaging in that and kind of leading that charge, you kind of add that later is my theory when you're kind of ready to make that push. For sure, for sure. Is that, is that all you got there, Grady? Yeah, that's all I've got, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, you keep up the good work, bro. I appreciate, oh, I appreciate it. it. And also, man, right. I hope we get, we get that big win against Edmonton on TNT because that'd be that's, nice. That's right. Yeah, big national televised game yeah. on Wednesday night because the uh, playoff rematch. So I love it. Appreciate you, yeah. Grady. I hope you have right, a good night. I'm going to move it on over to our, our boy, David. Um, and actually, just one more thing I'll add to that last part about, like, some toughness. And I, I think there's also some kind of youth on the team still that, that really hasn't developed that kind of sandpaper yet. Like, I'd, like I'm watching Artie Kaliev. Like, he's a big boy. I'd love to see him get a little bit of uh, aggressiveness into his play style. So maybe we'll see that as he kind of grows up. Um, what's going on, David? Hey there. Uh, so I kind of wanted to track back as a uh, uh, talking about toughness. This is kind of why I pushed the button. And I'm a person who's generally skeptical about the idea of like toughness is like this X factor for a team. But, um, but more so, I think it's about, I think there's a big difference between a team that plays a physical game is tough across the board or a majority and a guy that plays nine minutes on the fourth line. And 
I'm I'm still honestly I'm kind of looking for someone to explain to me at some point like what what a guy that hits that's going to hit back is is actually doing for our team, uh, but I want to make it a note. I don't think that's all Lemieux offers the team, but I'm just like people, these are hockey players. They accept they you know they're going to get hit during the game, and I'm just like so what's what's happening there? I, I don't I don't know why we think why we think a, a one guy is going to Gonna like you know make it happen, make or protect our guys. I think no, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, and I, I I I love that you bring that point in here because that that's pretty much like the counter of what we've been talking about. It, and maybe this is just like more from an outside perspective, and when you're watching the game, and but it's also like I don't know. I think when but the thing is like when you're on the ice and you see your teammate like throw a body or like that kind of stuff kind of gets you riled up and gets you into the game a little bit more. So I'll bring that part, but I, I understand it. This isn't like, we're not watching Daryl Sutter hockey. And yeah. that's kind of what we would been blind into for the last, the 10 years during the cup runs. And it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I call it 10 years. I wish it was longer <laughs> than that, but it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe we just got blinded to it and thinking that like, Hey, the Kings need to be playing this Daryl Sutter type, constantly body yeah. and tight checking hockey to win to win games but maybe they don't i don't know but i think I, with I just, there is I, yeah. I do think there's a piece missing in that department though i'll say I that i think you hit something on there is that it's not necessarily the toughness that makes lemieux like kind of drive morale a bit it's 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 the effort he puts in right like you know i'm not always been mm-hmm. the biggest fan of lemieux <laughs> but you know i've 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 softened a little bit on it over time but i think it's it's players like lemieux like Lazat, like you know, that put these you know at times when Jersey when we we're you're really seeing the best out of them when you guys that, that throw everything they have into a game, and I think that's what actually that factor is. I think that's the cross for you sure. Know? I think that's what we see out of them, and honestly, I think that's what makes like you just mentioned Lazat the player. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I think actually, yeah, I think actually if if Lemieux would even be a better contribution to the Kings if he. I don't know. Maybe he has this mindset where he has to be this this guy, and I think he ends up. You know, he, he draws penalties, but he you know he takes penalties. And I feel like I wonder how much better is Lemieux because I've seen have some incredible games from some really good games from him, right? How much better would he be if he kind of let go of like I have to be the, the enforcer, like and he's not right. even like the the gooniest enforcer, honestly. And <laughs> not like his dad, that's really for sure. not. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I think there is a secret, like, pretty decent hockey player. He's never going to be a top six guy, but I think he's like yeah. a solid, he could be a solid, a really solid guy. And I think, I think toughness is something that maybe holds him back a little bit. I don't know. I think you're spot on, David. I gotta say, like, cause I was pretty sour on Lemieux for a while. Then it's, but then he has these games where it's like, man, you see a player there. It's like you just – I'd almost rather you not – can you – but then again, like you said, that's what he's going to – The whole, his whole point at least is is when he's between the whistles, he's fine. But when then after the whistles and that's when stuff gets just out of hand and it's just unnecessary and occasionally finds himself in the box because of it. And But he, he can be a pretty good player and a good effective fourth-line player. Yeah, yeah I think actually – I'll tie it all together, and, and basically, I think it's emblematic of kind of the team in general. Of like, they have all this potential, and they kind of like lose lose sight of what they're supposed to do, and that's when they get into trouble. That's how they get into the losses like tonight. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. I appreciate you, David. I hope you, I hope you have a good night, buddy. I'm going to go ahead and let's, let's move it on over to our boy message. What was it? Message for you, Rudy. Rudy's bandana. Our last speaker of the night. What's going on? Man? Thanks, guys, for uh, for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, first off, Russell, uh, I just wanted to congratulate you on the, the new reporting gig. Definitely looking forward to uh, some additional uh, King coverage out there. Oh, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Um, so I got uh, two quick questions. One's uh, theoretical and the other one's unfortunately or uh, one's rhetorical, and then the other one's uh, theoretical. But uh, uh, rhetorically speaking, is is Kaliev the best player in the league getting 11 minutes of ice time a game? <laughs> Dude, I love Artie right now. Like, that's like, out of all the prospects, he's. I'm probably becoming a big, I'm like the biggest Artie fan right now. Like, this this kid, like, he's like he's a motor. And uh, there's so many people, like, just bagging on his skating. Like, dude, like, he's been working on it hard. And you can see it's so evident on ice. And Oh man, he's if he puts it all together, this is a he's gonna be such a good player. Like easily like thirty goals every season. Like I, I I'm so high on Art Picalio. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, he's not the smoothest skater, but if you watch the games, the the routes he takes to the puck are super efficient and the, the, those kind of mm-hmm. things don't really show up. But um and then the other question is with uh with Velarde's breakout, um and especially how it, it came to be, uh could you see perhaps Byfield getting moved off center like Velarde did to take some of those responsibilities, you know, off the plate that that position requires and let him just kind of focus on, on, on being a solid, you know, 200 foot player uh, as a winger. Oh man. Joe, you well, want to start with that one? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hop in on that one because it's so funny you asked that because in watching, I've been trying to watch a lot of Quentin Byfield and I watched uh, shifts of the, I haven't caught up to the last two games, but watched every shift of his with the Kings. I watched every shift up until the last game with, with Ontario. And the one thing that I'm waiting to see is him have that ability to kind of know when to kind of, I don't want him to slow down necessarily, but slow the game down and kind of just con- control the play a little bit more because he is just such a go, go, go. And he has that like up and down the ice winger men, like mentality to him as a centerman and I don't think that's a crazy thought at all I'm not there yet I want to see more and see how he develops and see how things go because I think with time the game will slow down um, for him so I'm not there but it has crossed my mind I've thought about this because again just watching him and the way he plays he seems like this really power forward type of winger um, with wheels to him. But I, I just, I just want to see a little bit more. Oh man. Okay. It's, I'm like, I'm so frustrated because it's like, I, I, I get it. It's like I get Quentin Byfield on the wing and I don't want to see it because you didn't draft him to be that. You didn't draft him to be a no. winger. Tim Stussel was right there. He's a winger. <laughs> he was right there. He's an established winger in the NHL. He's being paid eight years already, eight million, eighty million dollars a year, or what? I don't know. Ridiculous contract. You didn't. You Byfield was drafted as a generational center. He's a, supposed to be this new franchise center for the Kings, and I, I, I think that's a great point, Joe. Is he plays way too fast. He, he needs. He needs to understand. Like he's such a big body that he can slow the game down. Like you don't like how many times do we watch a game of Byfield where the puck just slips off his stick? 
just like it just rolls off or whatever when he's stick handling. Like, I think if he can slow the game down a bit, I think he'll turn a corner. And once he learns that it, the game doesn't need to be played at a thousand miles an hour every night, he can be that player. It's just taking time. It's, it's taking some time. Play, I want to see him play more through the middle. I mean, I, I think we've talked about it in the pod, maybe, Russ. Like, I want to see, like, Kopitar commands and demands the puck on breakout from his defenseman in the center of the ice. Like he, you can see Kopitar actively give me the puck in the middle and then he'll take it from there and either skate it out of the zone or make a dish to the wingers. Byfield right now isn't quite doing that. And I just, and to be clear, I do think it's early. Like I don't want to move him to the wing right now. I, I yeah. crossed my mind, but like, I want to see how he really plays a full season here as the third center in the NHL to see how he adapts to it. Because I want to see him play more through the middle. There's a lot of, along the wall play right now, which is fine because he's, he's, he's good at that. He protects the puck well in the zone and he, and he helps out behind the defensive zone net. But I want to see him more active through the center of the ice because I think that'll help him kind of dictate the play and control things a little bit more. And that's so that's what I'm looking for in Ontario right now. While he's down on this conditioning stint, what I want to see is, is the game a tick slower for him down there where he can do that, where he's playing more through the middle, where he's, he's being able to get the puck – and, and lead the breakout and, 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 and uh, uh, drive play into the offensive zone. I want to see if he's able to do that a little bit more, even though, again, he's coming off an illness and all that stuff. But I just want to see if there's that little extra confidence in his game at the AHL level to see if he's doing that. And if he's doing that, then I'm gonna, that's going to be a really good sign for me, regardless of production. If he's doing that, I'm going to be happy. I, I, think we got, I think we all got the Gabe Velarde blinders on right now. It's a little too early for it, but I, I, I totally understand it. Yeah. We've seen it. And one thing I'll say with Byfield before we pop it back to you, Rudy, is, is you don't really see Quentin like kind of like slow, like circle all the way down and kind of command and like want the puck from his defenseman. Like, you know, I haven't seen that. I always see him just kind of shuffling straight up the wing kind of way. And I don't know, maybe that's a system thing because we see that so much from Kopitar. Like, he's always like cycling back down in his own zone, getting the puck. And so, I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's just me. Uh, got anything else you want to add here, Rudy? No, I just I I agree with you guys. It is too early, but it's just interesting with with Velarde and and you know um, I, I think it's just we all forget that you know Byfield hasn't even played you know eighty two games in his career yet at the NHL <laughs> level. So you know the, those things will uh, eventually come where you know he kind of slows things down. Uh, you know, like Joe said, but uh, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, have a uh, have a great night. Yeah, appreciate you too. Thanks, Rudy. Oh man, this so many great points. I I love it. So many great points being made defensively. I think toughness is the biggest point that a lot of the biggest keyword. I guess a lot of people were talking about is this Kings team really isn't showing a lot of it. But maybe that's just something that just how they play. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just been and mental mistakes really. That's just been what this team defense is kind of. It's it sucks because like you look at these. Joey, we look at these these charts all the time from like Money Puck about how they show like goals saved above expected and Jay Fresh he shares them all the time and and Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson are constantly at the bottom and and unfortunately there's games like this that just bring those stats down and oh man, it's tough, right? It, it is it is tough when you watch this game and and listen, we you and I are both. Uh, big, big, big believers in in those numbers and the analytics and all that yeah. stuff. But, but you know, you watch this game, and I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see what what 
quick uh, quick numbers were for the game from a goal save above expected. Two point something. That was pretty bad. But, 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 but boy, if you look at the goals, realistically, I know the, the number says one thing, but if you look at those goals that went in with Huberdeau being left all alone in front, the breakdown on the two on one, the two on one, or the three on two, the, the, the breakdown on the, the Toffoli one timer, like there's just so many goals in this game where it's just like, I. I <laughs> It's hard for me to. The team owes Jonathan Quick a dinner or or drink tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, like I, I, it's so again. It's not that I'm 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 downplaying the poor statistical and analytical numbers, but when you watch a game like this and you see how poorly he graded, I, I don't know. I mean, because he made some <laughs> incredible being a break, a couple breakaway saves, a point blank save, a couple of those, like. It's 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 just tough. It's a it's a. I continue to say it's just so difficult with goalies because there's so many things that happen in front of them that 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 cause it, that lead to a breakdown or lead to a goal or something. So yeah, it's it is tough. It's uh, well, it's Joe, a tough I'm, night I'm, for a quick. I, I, I love the way you ended it there in a sigh because that's kind of how <laughs> all Kings fans are thinking still tonight. It's just uh, like that's what we saw tonight. It's what we've kind of seen throughout the start of the season and hey, but hey, we got Wednesday coming up, big rematch against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, I think that, that's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, Kings offense is showing out. If they can just put together defense, man, or else Connor McDavid is going to put up like six goals. It's going to be insane. Oh, man. So, yeah, I think I think they go back to Jonathan Quick and maybe – we'll see some lineup changes. Maybe we see Jacob Moriarty in the lineup. Maybe we even see Elias Anderson in the lineup. I don't know. Who knows? But I think uh, something's got to be changed. Something's got to be fixed. You got to start making some of these, uh, making better decisions when you're on the ice um, defensively because that's the biggest issue right now for the Kings. So we'll see. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. I appreciate everybody that hopped in here. Love you guys. Uh, Have a good night. I I love doing these. So Joe, you especially, buddy. Uh, it's been fun ride. So thanks, thanks for going. Have a good night, everybody. See you.